0: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new, live, local show on Cape Race, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor.
1: And welcome to Come Together San Diego, and yes, because it is the last Saturday of the month. This becomes the Align with Zion hour, but a person with an unfamiliar name is going to be joining me as co-host. This person's name is, yes, Anarina Hyman, but she's changed the last part and added something. The last something she's added is the name Kreisman, which means, ta-dum, she's gotten married. So let's see how her presentation differs now than it was last time we met. Hi, Anarina Hi, Kaz. And uh, (laughs) a warm to everybody here from Jerusalem. Congratulations there.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you know, we've got uh, many things. Generally, you send me a page or so of what we're going to do in an outline, but this one has multiple pages. So I go, okay, buckle up, Kaz. You're going to have to restrain your lips and let Anarina go. So, Anarina, new month coming up and uh, new... references, and especially this is the month and a time frame where we really need to open our eyes, pay very close attention, and don't make the mistakes that have been made in the past. So warning, warning, sure. and uh, move forth with confidence, but with uh, open and contrite hearts. Honorina Hyman. Oops, excuse me. Let me do this again. Honorina yeah. Hyman Kreisman. <laughs> See, I fell into that myself, so lay it on us.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you, Kes. Luckily, Kers, we are celebrating also the Line of Design hour together for more year now. So yes. we are different into things that I believe the listeners already know a little bit more as we have discussed these things um, in the past. So, yes, we are entering the month of Tammuz soon, and uh, let's see what that means. Firstly, we are now moving into the core of the fast cycle. So there are the fee cycles and the fast cycles. We also established already that these fast cycles, according to Zachariah, um we can see in Zechariah seven what it means when you're in the negative part of the the fat cycle but in Zechariah eight, God God promises that we will see a turnaround. But we're still feeling this. Um, we're still not out of it. We will only be out of it when we're in the full redemption. But we know in our generation that we are moving into the fullness of redemption. Um, as, as much as we are spiritually probably the lowest generation that there is, we are the ones that are called to usher in the redemption. So it is. we are grateful that we were placed in this time to see god's face and to understand these ways so that we can bring about together with god in partnership with god the redemption but for that again we need to understand god's governance how he governs his world all these cycles that we've been speaking about so let's get a little bit off the sea cycles and let's get into the fast cycle. So we said that we are in the core of the fast cycles. What does it mean? This, uh, the, the fast cycle also runs through the course of the uh, of the year. It starts with the tenth of Tizat, which is usually in December, and that's when Jerusalem um, was besieged. After that, two and a half, three years. Um, uh, the people of Jerusalem couldn't get out. And after that, on the 17th of Tammuz, the, um, the, the, the wall were breached. And after uh, basically three weeks after that, the temple burned. So let's try to figure out how that works. Right. So um, well,
1: before you before you do, give me a, a Gregorian sure. calendar comparison here. Uh, so we're talking about we're in entering the the month of Tammuz which is the fourth month in the Hebrew calendar but this is kind of uh June July is it not from from a uh, from a
2: look uh, we are now in June so on the 23rd let me just quickly see here yes. yes on the 23rd of and we're going to enter Tammuz. And then we will enter on the 22nd of July, we will enter the nine days because we will start with the month of Av. Um, usually uh, Tibet is around about December, sometimes in January. Uh, and then the last part of that cycle, which is the part of Gedalia, is on the third of fishray, which is actually falling in the f- uh, festival cycle. Right, during the but fall we have months a pass just yes. after that. Yes. So, so you can see that this cycle also runs right through the year, but we are now getting to the heat. Literally to the heat um, <laughs> when 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 these terrible things happen. Yes. So uh, again, we saw also that on on God's calendar, these things cluster. Uh, terrible things happen on the same date. Usually, good things happen on the stronger dates. So, we have strong dates and we have more weaker dates, and we need to understand how that works. The biggest thing that I wanted to um, focus on today is the fact that we don't even know what we're missing. Why is God calling the Jewish people? But more than that, we will see right now the people of the world to mourn and to fast. Because we're still not getting it. So the question is, what are we not getting, and what can we do to move forward? So let's try to, to figure that out, Cass. Yes. So Tammuz is the fourth month, counting from the first of the um, It's a Babylonian name. And we can see, if if I say the word Tammuz, what comes up in your mind, Cass. Is something that... Uh, um, that everybody knows, they say. But wait, this is written in the Bible somewhere. I, I, I've heard that, that that name before. Well, um,
1: I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't. I, I can't. I can't tell you exactly. I, I mean, I have some extrapolations. Tamar uh, yeah. is a word, which is a name.
2: Yeah. So Tammuz actually appears in the Bible. Although it's a Babylonian name that we've named this specific month, you actually get it in the Bible. If the listeners go to Ezekiel, to Yechiskiel 8, verse 14, they will see that God is about to say to Yechiskiel, I'm, I'm leaving this place. He's showing Ezekiel why he left the temple, why his presence left this world. And we we have to establish this very clearly, Kaz, God's presence left the world during the first temple period. His presence was not present in the second temple period. The Ark of the Covenant didn't even stand in the Holy of Holies during the second temple period. There was no Ark of the Covenant. So God's presence already left our world in the time of the first temple period, and you can read that. In Ezekiel, it is actually described. And one of the things that is naming there is that there is a woman weeping for Tammuz. So Tammuz was an idol. And this woman is in the temple courtyard, but she's weeping to Tammuz. Now, if we go to that, you will also see a few other things that's being um, placed there. Firstly, God says in um, chapter 8 of Ezekiel, what are the things that is bothering him? Why is he leaving? Why is he leaving his house? And then you can see in chapter 9 to 10, the readers, the listeners can go and read that. They will see how God literally leaves the house in stages. First he gets out of the Holy of Holies. Then his presence sits on the gate, on the wall, and then you can see that the presence actually Actually completely means Wow. So the question is how did this happen? And you can see that in chapter eight. Now, we're going to get to the point where we need to understand the temple. We need to understand what we are missing, and we will speak about that. Um, I just want to finish this this segment in saying that if you go to the chapter 8, you will see a a very specific differentiation between the house of Judah and the house of Israel, which is going to become a very important dynamic for people to understand as we are now entering more into the Geulah, into the redemption process. They need to understand history. They need to understand that there is Judah, which is the Jewish people today. But that's just two tribes. We also have the ten tribes that we, we lost. We call them the last ten tribes. That is the house of Israel. And if you look at this specific chapter, you will see that God says, the house of Judah is doing this, but the house of Israel is also doing a bunch of nonsense in my house. More than anything, they are doing the idol worship in my house, which is also very very um, difficult to understand because we know that the 10 tribes were already exiled before the Babylonian exile. So how did this happen? Archaeology proves it today that Judah um, incorporated the, the refugees. Some of the refugees that escaped from the Assyrian exile were absorbed by Judah, and these are the guys that are um, bringing about trouble right now and pushing God's presence out of his house. So we're gonna look a little bit more into that. But this is the main understanding that people will have to start to to incorporate in their consciousness when it comes to understanding how God is moving forward yes. in the times coming.
1: It seems to me that there's a there's a term that would be applicable here and that's really applicable to us as well, uh, and that is mixture. You know, you you you, you, yes. you, you know, you, you mix stuff some of our own precepts with godly precepts and godless precepts and god starts to leave the temple and that's where god that's wants us to refocus and this is the time frame for refocus we are out of uh time on this segment but we've got so much more coming up next so uh join on arena Kreisman, and i when we come right back
0: this is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego. It's just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And we're back again with Honorina Hyman in the Align with Zion Hour. And
1: I have to keep reminding myself to change her name. Add one more name to that name. This Anorena Hyman-Kreisman. And uh, forgive me, arena I'll get it right. You know, one of the things you we... All get it right, Seth. I'm <laughs> working on that as well, sir. <laughs> One of the things we talked about in the last segment, and I'd like to use that as a springboard into this segment, is what it was that really caused... God to depart from the temple and the intimacy with his kids was the mixture that was being seen there, and the mixture was some godliness and some godlessness, and some of that has to do with Mm -hmm. the people with whom you associate. And so God wants us to revisit our associations and our convictions, and I'm going to hand it back to you as we uh, dig into this fourth month in the Hebrew calendar called Tammuz. Honorina?
2: Thank you, Kaz. Um, what you just said is is something that is very important in Judaism' it's something that God um very much stresses in his Torah as well and that is to be able to make a separation uh when we come out of Shabbat we have to make that separation you can't just go oh Shabbat is over let's get going there are certain things that you are not allowed to do on Shabbat you're allowed to only rest you're allowed not to work so by the time we get to the end of Shabbat at a certain hour Um, we have to do a prayer that we say, um, God, thank you for this wonderful Shabbat that we just had. May the light of Shabbat shine into the rest of our week. But now we we are allowed to move on with the six days of work again. So we make what we call Havdalah. We make the separation between holy and mundane, between Israel and the nations, between light and darkness. We, um, We have to understand in our mind all the time that there's always some kind of separation. That is also so known as the extraction, you can go to Jeremiah 15, at the end of Jeremiah 15, um, God says, if you are able to extract the precious out of the mundane, that's when I can work with you. So one of the things that we are entering, especially in these times of mourning, mourning is to help you to, 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 to understand what are the things that you have to fix in your life. So if you fast and you mourn, you get to the point that you know how to move forward, and, and all of that is also based on extracting and separating between the things that you've done wrong, and extracting yourself out of that. But that being said, let's move on to, to Tammuz, so much to cover. Yes. I just want to do a little stop over on the 3rd of Tammuz, um, uh, because that's very important. It's, it's actually a very positive thing that happened on the 3rd of Tammuz, and that is the day when the sun and the moon stood still. So, the listeners want to Mark that day. Um, You can find it in the book of Joshua. And this was during a battle.
1: This was during a battle, was it not? Where Where Joshua needed a little bit of extra time to secure the victory. Extra
2: time, (laughs) extra time, and he asked for it, and he got it. And you have to understand when you when God has to completely stop this world. Somewhere you're going to feel it, and I'll I'll, I'll discuss that a little bit. But I just want to get to the verse, because the verse is so important. It says, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the nation had avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of um, Yashar, Jasher, or Yashar? So we actually have that book. That book is known to the Jewish people. It is studied by the Jewish people, just to let our our listeners know that... the things that you don't always understand within the context of the Torah because there's so much meat around the stories that still need to be filled in. Um, that book is is well known within the Jewish people. It, it, it still exists today. Let's go on. And then it says, And the sun stayed in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about the whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So here we see that God holds back the world. He, He holds back his creation for you. To be able to fulfill your purpose God understood your battle and he will even hold things back for you to be able to do that. This is this is a tremendous thought where it says Kaz, God hearkened unto the voice of a man um, and we discussed this a little bit um, last month when we discussed Hezekiah when he was trying to fight the n- nation with its reform and ultimately we saw that he's His his nemesis came just after he did all these faithful things, but it was actually an act of grace by God because God was waiting for Ezekiah to get the nation under his word, doing his word so that they can be under His protection. Now, if you read the the history, you will see that uh, the Assyrian king was on his way to Jerusalem, but he got held back. He had to go back to his land to, to, there was some kind of uprising in Syria that he had to go and, and, and quench first. And the moment when that happened, he came back. It's like God delayed him in order for Hezekiah to do what he had to do. So here we can see that God is really working with you. If you are fighting this, with your faith to get things better, God will delay things. So sometimes we say, why are the things in the world delayed? Why can't we just see the redemption happening? Why can't he just, you know, send Mashiach and let us go? It's because he delayed it for your sake. Wow. To understand why he's delaying it, so that you can get your story straight, so that he can move <laughs> That's so into, good. Those, into those <laughs> so times. That, <laughs> so that
1: we can get our story straight, so that we can get right with Connect. God. Exactly. And Connect. my listening my listening friend, when, when Honorina talks about fasting, fasting is uh, our way of showing our Uh, humility towards God and our willingness to hear his voice and obey. So fasting, when you see these fasting issues, it's a a time for us to refocus. So I'm handing it back to you, Honorina.
2: Thank you, Kat. And we'll next time we will be like four or five days before the ninth of Oath, the big day of fasting. Yes. And we will. Um, and I just want to say again, I think the listeners know within Judaism that the Jewish people fast on Yom Kippur. That's a completely different story. It's yes. a different kind of fast. Yes. It's not included in the fast cycle, but this is the big Fast day when it comes to the fast cycles that we read in uh, Zechariah seven and eight. Okay, but I just want to mention this because I don't know if the listeners know this. NASA, um, a NASA study actually proves that this day actually existed because they, doing some calculations that they made. They realize that there's a whole day missing.
1: NASA so did the calculations, and they're actually,
2: yes,
1: correct. from so a world standard, not just a Hebrew yes. perspective, but the whole world no. has to acknowledge that there's a day missing.
0: <laughs>
2: there was a day missing, Kaz, but what, what is interesting, when you calculate what happened with Joshua, it was 23 hours and something like 20 minutes. There oh. was a 40 minute. Um, discrepancy, but that can also be um, explained because if you go to the story of Hezekiah, um, um, you, you know the story where the prophet came to him when he was sick and he said, I want a sign. So, so he said, Ask any sign, do you want the sun to move? He said, It's easy for the sun to move forward, I want the sun to move back uh, a certain amount of inches, and those. That turning the day back was exactly corresponding with the last 40 minutes that NASA didn't have. So go and research this. You will see it on the net. It is a very real thing. And this is where science again proves um, the wonders of God and that the whole creation moves uh, together with the people of Israel. So I just want to move on.
1: um, Sure, we have about two minutes left. So in this segment. Yeah.
2: So, so just uh, the next thing that we're going to go into is the 17th of Tammuz. Again, we said that on that specific day, a lot of things clustered. It's not just that the, the walls were breached and, 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 and havoc started in Jerusalem that led up to the burning of the temple. It started a long time ago because on the 17th of Tammuz, we also had the idol worship that started with the golden calf. Um, so, all of that happened. Then, we also covered already um, in our last uh, session the offerings were suspended in the day on the first temple, and the second temple, the walls were breached. And we also know that a certain idol was placed in the temple during yes. um, different dates in history. But this is very important that 17th century the root of this, it, it was the golden calf that was worshipped in the desert.
1: Yes, and that, all these things happen in scripture for reminders to us today. And, uh, the, you know, it's easy right now in the time frame in which we live right now on Arena that we can change our focus mm-hmm. from depending on God to this, the words of the people surrounding us saying, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. We really need to bounce mm-hmm. this off of God and God's word and say, what does he tell me to do? And we ultimately need to be obedient to that. So we're in, a, in, in a way, we're in a, a slim time. We, we, the, the Bible would talk about it, at a time of the straits, you know, a, a skinny pathway, mm-hmm. and we Really need exactly. to be, we exactly. really need to be uh, observant about God's directions, because the decisions we make now have ramifications into uh, the future, as did when Israel worshipped the golden calf. Calf, Isn't exactly. that so?
2: But this time we can turn it around, calf. <laughs> and that's what we're going to have to figure out. And that's what we're <laughs> going
1: to talk about in this next segment, when Anarina and I come right back.
0: Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier
1: of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of
0: San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And welcome back to Come Together San Diego and our
1: special broadcast of the Align with Zion Hour in still another segment here with Honorina Hyman kreisman And uh, we're going to talk more about this month of Tammuz and all the things that are connected with it and all the warnings and foreshadowings herein. And I'm handing the baton, yes I am, to Honorina. Here you go, Honorina, take this.
2: I'm taking, thank you, Kat, (laughs) receiving... This is actually not a broadcast okay? Uh, this is a bride-cast.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, um, in the Jewish uh, tradition, you are a bride for a year. And you can actually read it that in the Bible as well. When, uh, when, when the army goes to war, a man that has uh, just got married on, is not allowed to go to war. He has to spend... Uh, a whole year um, um enjoying his wife and making his wife happy—that's uh, his yes. sole purpose. Is to make because for a whole year he is. A bridegroom, and she is a bride. I so. love it.
1: My wife does the I same thing with her experience. birthdays. Her birthdays <laughs> go for an entire year, so she has a, a, a never ending birthday. So thank you for th- for that reminder.
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, so let's get back to fasting. Um, so we're talking about the fast on the 17th of Timothy. Between that and the 9th of August, we have a 21 day period. Nothing new. Look at the Bible. You will see many times the 21 um, days. We the the, the most um, well known one is that of Daniel. We also know we know that between Rosh Hashanah and hoshanah Hashanah Rabbah, um, in the month of Tishrei, we have a 21 day period, and that's exactly the the time frame in which Jerusalem, the ancient Jerusalem, was rediscovered as well. So 21 days all, always very important. But then we have, between the 1st of, of and the 9th of, of nine days, which is the most intense part. The Jewish people also don't eat any meat at that stage, because that is exactly on the 1st of, uh, of, that's where they stop the sacrifices. So, but also... Both temples burned down on the ninth of Av. Yes. Uh, so so this whole period just just led up to that. But okay, so also something that happened on the first of Av was the death of uh, HaKo and Aaron the High Priest. So so that day also marks it's a double. Sad day for us um, because we also lost uh, Aaron the high priest on that day. Okay, so the sacrifice is during the second temple period, and that's why we don't eat meat for nine months, uh, for nine days, (laughs) Um, and that happens up till the ninth. But also on the tenth, we also don't eat meat because on the tenth of Av is actually when the temple was really burning; it started. On the ninth, but the real burning of the temple was actually on the tenth, and this is very important, and we will see why, Kenneth. But let's just get to the month of Av, because we are now entering in our understanding also the month of Av. It will also happen in the time before we can get to the next next broadcast. So I just want to explain that. So yes. the month of Av is the fifth month, and it says when Av enters, our joy is diminished. It's the opposite of what, what happens during the month of Adar. During the month of Adar, your joy just jumps double up. Because of uh, Adar, it's the time of the the story of Esther and Mordecai, the poem story. It is when God's favor is extremely strong on on his people. And that's why we also saw the victories that happened in Adar. On us, the opposite happens. And we have to diminish our joy because we need to understand what we are fasting for and to focus. On that again, we said that many things happen in clusters on specific dates. So, as we saw, the 17th of Tammuz, when um, the, the walls were breached, it actually is connected to many years, thousands of years before that, when the golden calf was was um, uh, worshipped. Now, what happened with the 9th of Av? What actually started the 9th of Av? That is the sin of the spines. It's because the people came back and they slandered the land and they said, we cannot go in. The sages teach us that God said, why are you crying? I'm giving you the land of Israel. I am with you. And you say that we cannot go in? So you are starting because you heard after the, 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 the spies." said all these things and the nation started to cry. There was a tremendous cry in the, in the camp of the, of the nation. And God said, okay, if you want to cry, I'll give you a reason to cry. And many, many terrible things started to happen on this day, um, as well as both of our temples burning down. So very much connected to the sin of the spies. But I want to get back to this because I want to create a consciousness and an awareness of this. two were of a different spirit, and we know that that is Joshua and Caleb. Now, Joshua was from the tribe of Joseph of Ephraim.
1: Yeah, Ephraim. Yes, and obviously yes. Caleb was, uh, Caleb, was uh, Caleb was my man. He was from the tribe of Judah. My
2: man. He was from Judah. There we go. So so we have these two guys that you will always see that the tribe of Yosef and the tribe of Judah will always come through. And there's a reason for that. So these guys said, um, we, we, we can do this. Now, we see that God said that I will give you a reason to cry. Let's see what happens there. Um, It says in Numbers 14 verse 31, God says, your children, however, whom you said would become a prey, I will bring them in and they shall know the land which you have rejected. Guys, we're in the time when the Jewish people have to come home. We're in the time where the 10 tribes have to come home. And we have to reverse the curse that started on this date when the when spies said, we cannot go in. And, and many times, the reason that people don't want to come back to Israel, they say, oh, it's because of my children. I have to, I have to um, care for my children and my parents, and, and I have a job here and whatever. And there's so many excuses that God says, the very excuse and the reason for the excuse that you're going to um, use, I'm going to put that on your head. So this time you cannot say, because of my children, because of that, because of that, I cannot come. This time you say, God, you said, we have to enter the land, we will enter the land. No excuse. The same thing happened during the Holocaust, when people like this, Jabotinsky, came to his people and he said, the ground is burning under your feet, you need to get out. My. And the people had so many um, reasons not to leave, yes. and we know what happened. Well, can, the, can I just a is, real quick,
1: a quick pause here, just for a moment my sure. listening friend here's the deal when you have faith in god there are going to be things coming at you uh, the enemy is going to come at you and say oh yeah well this is uh, you need to consider this 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 and it's meant to s- slow you down or restrain you from going god's way so beware right now and arena handing it back to you
2: and get out of your comfort zone because it's your comfort zone that's <laughs> yes. going to hold you back. At. If you want to get into the fullness of redemption and you don't want to feel God's purging and purification over the land, you need to now jump out of your comfort zone. Yes. So, so I think that is that is truly the most important and. Um, uh, for this to understand, we have to, to get to that principle to get out of your comfort zone, but also we need to understand why we have to reverse the cry. To reverse the cry, we need to know why we need to cry first before we can reverse it, and we're going to look at that. But I just want to, we discussed this uh, a year ago, I just want to run quickly through the list again so that yes. the listeners can remember again. We said that these things, the same thing happens in cycles, in the yearly cycle. So, on be up on the a- of we saw in history that the jews were expelled from england um in 2090 they were expelled from france in 1306 the big spanish inquisition expelled from spain 1492 and Do hang, hang really on just for one instant were... there
1: hang on just for i because uh, you mm-hmm. know my history says i i did, had a rhyme taught to me in In elementary school, Mm -hmm. that uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, and he sailed from Spain. And my understanding, as I dig more deeply, that Columbus was a Jew.
2: Was a Jew. Oh my goodness!
1: Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: And he waited, Kat, because he had to go. Um, I think it was on Yom Kippur that he was supposed to. To and he waited a day or something like that. I'm not completely. Um, <laughs> but I it's amazing how God before, o-
1: know that he was. <laughs> how Absolutely. he orchestrates these things, Absolutely. isn't it? And but exactly. the, but the but the beat goes
2: on. Continue. <laughs> So, so I'm talking about every time on be av these things happened. Expelled from England, expelled from France, expelled from Spain, German, Germany entered World War One on Tisha Av in 1914. In, in modern-day history, we know that on the 9th of Av, Heinrich Himmler received final approval for the final solution. A year after that, on the oh forty two on the 9th of Av, the mass deportation started of the Jews to Sri Blanca and to uh, Warsaw and, and everywhere else. And, and we also spoken about the Gaza Strip and what happened there. So all these things have happened on the 9th and the 10th oh my of Av.
1: Boy, you set the stage for the last segment here, big time on the <laughs> And my listening friend, you know, as was spoken in, in the times of Joseph, these things which the enemy has meant for evil, God will use for good. We've talked about a lot of things that could be negative influences upon us but the good news is God will use these for our good and Honorina will talk about this in our last segment and also some further uh, uh, insights which you need to take your pen and pencil to and be ready to write down when Honorina and I come right back.
0: Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Back again with the Align with Zion
1: hour, the program that is uh, broadcast through Come Together San Diego, the last Saturday of the month, but I'm going to hand the baton again over to Honorina.
2: Thank you, Kaz. Okay, so we're going to really dip into the morning and the fasting in the next session that we're going to have on the 25th But I want to start an awareness, a consciousness within within the listener's heart to understand what they can prepare for, so that we. Can move with God on this. As we already established that a major part in the redemption process is the reunification that we see between uh, the ten tribes and um, the house of Judah. The house of Judah is the Jewish people as we know it today, but there are 10 tribes that need to come in and they have to be reunified with Judah. That's the only way that we can move forward within the redemption process. So we also saw in Ezekiel 8 that we just spoke about that because of tremendous idol worship, the tremendous idol worship that is within the 10 tribes, that's the thing that's holding them back of coming back into the uh, land and to be reunified with Judah. Yes. So, so one of the things that we majorly mourn, or the reason why we mourn on the Peshiwi of is because God's house was destroyed. Um, it's such an intense subject that th- there's no way that I can get through it in ten minutes. But let's try.
0: To see what that <laughs> let's <is>. try. <laughs> now,
2: I have. I'm. I'm, I'm um, calling this specific session of ours Fears for Tears because we need to understand why we need to cry and why we're not crying yet. Because if you do not get into that mourning, you have not gotten into the, the place that will move you forward in the redemption process. And that is not just the Jewish people. That's everybody. So let's try to, to figure that out. Now, firstly, we have to understand what is missing. Now, Ezekiel 43, verse 10 to 11, speaks about this. He says, Son of man, described, and this is the third temple that's being described. This is the third temple that will be built, cast, and we will see why this temple needs to be built. Um, In Ezekiel 43, verse 10 to 11, it says, Son of Man, describe the temple to, and then most of the translations say, the the people people of Israel. So wrong, because if you go to the true, direct translation in the Hebrew, it says the house of Israel.
1: Okay, so is that that differentiating between the house of Israel and the house of Judah then?
2: Correct. Uh The Jewish people know about the house. We have been crying and and, and mourning the house for 2,000 years, more than that. But we are the house of Judah. This speaks of a completely different people here. The Jewish people is not the house of Israel. The house of Israel is the 10 tribes that are lost that needs to come back. And if you want to know who the 10 tribes are, if you are getting this role, this spool this towards Israel and the Jewish people and God's word and his calendar and the Hebrew language, then you are probably part of the missing 10 tribes. I'm just saying that. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs>
1: and Kaz is <laughs> receiving is it. Verses. I'm receiving that like <laughs> crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So who's the people that need to look at their house? not the Jewish people, the lost thing tribes. It says the Son of Man, described the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider its perfection. And if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the design of the temple. And, and, and this is very important, because we've spoken about this a million times. I'm saying it again. The, 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 the significance of the temple. Every measurement that you read in the Bible corresponds with a tremendous spiritual dynamic in heaven. That's why you have to build it. It's uh, it's um, it's like the the, the, the earthly temple is a holographic image of the heavenly temple that is built, and it, it fits completely on each other. We will get to that, but that's why. As we are, our lives are connected on earth as it is in heaven. So every dynamic that God is doing is as it is in heaven, it's on earth. And as we are partnering on earth to change things, we are changing things in heaven as well. People need to understand that that dynamic fits on the temple and what needs to be done. So let's look at that because then it goes on and it says, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangements, its exits, its entrances, its whole design and all its regulations and their Torah never been done outwards. It still stands. Write these down before them so that they may be faithful to its design and follow All the regulations. And that's to the house of Israel, Kaz. Oh, my, my. So, So the sages teach us that if you cannot physically build the temple, if you learn all these measurements of the temple, you are literally doing the spiritual building that will ultimately manifest in the physical building of the temple. So by you studying the Bible and specifically the design of the temple, you already partnering with the health of Judah in in what we need to do to get the temple rebuilt. And it has to be done. Yes because it corresponds with a heavenly temple that's already there. My. And now let's see what it, what what, uh, what, we mean with that, with the heavenly Jerusalem as well. But what we're basically saying here is all of Israel needs to build a temple, not just the house of, of Judah. So secondly, I'm challenging the listeners to go beyond their conventionally, what they were conventionally taught. Because every time when I hear about... Um, the temple, people will tell me, and, and, and this is very interesting, with the Christians that I work with, when I ask them, who believes that the temple will be rebuilt? 90% of them will say the temple has to be rebuilt. Yes. So there's a tremendous awareness within the people that are drawn to Israel, the Bible, the Hebrew, the Jewish people, most of them understand that the temple has to be rebuilt, and most of them understand that they are part of this whole redemption process. But there are a lot of people that it's just not in your consciousness. And is there one thing that I can do today? Is to, to bring that into the consciousness of the listeners. Now, most of the people will come and they say, but God doesn't want to desire offerings because it's in, se- in Psalm 51, verse um, 16, um, God doesn't desire it. Read the whole Psalm. And then you will see that at the end of the Psalm, David says, but God will desire the offerings. But the offerings it's not desired if you're not doing first your repentance within your heart. So don't misconstrue that verse or put it out of context. Offerings are important. It's about your heart, understanding that. And another fact that we've mentioned before, Kaz, I don't know how many people know this, but every offering that's been spoken of in the Bible is when you make something an unintentional sin. It is not for intentional sin. Intentional sins cannot be rendered or um, um, forgiven by bringing in offerings. That can only be brought by you mourning and fasting and making a tremendous change in your life. The offerings are for unintentional things. So so remember that. The second thing, because we're running out of time We are indeed is maybe the thought that the people need to understand that there is not a new Jerusalem. There is a heavenly Jerusalem and an earthly Jerusalem. But more than that, and we can, we can really go into this in the, and, and maybe listeners be able to come and listen to the next section because I will definitely discuss it in our next um, monthly session. Yes. There is, not, there is a, 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 an earthly temple that corresponds with a heavenly temple. But here is the cherry on the cake, Kaz. Did you know... <laughs> that there are actually two heavenly temples there is even a higher temple, because it speaks in in Psalms of Mishkané Elion the, the dwellings, the sanctuary of the, of the Most High. It means that there are two sanctuaries that are corresponding with the heavenly sanctuary. My, my. Tremendous depth in these things, so we will discuss that. So, so you
1: did a good job of uh, wetting everybody's appetite, and so they have to wait to your presentation next month about this as we get into the exactly. month of August. So well exactly. done, Anarina, we well done. <laughs> <laughs> what a broadcaster. So
2: so, Cass, so let's finish up, and, and let me just challenge the listeners. I want you to understand that there is, if the temple is, is important to God, if truly the temple is important to Hashem, to God, then go and ask Him. Say, Hashem, God, if, if the temple, this whole idea of the temple being rebuilt is really important to you, then make it important to me. Show me what it is. Oh my. And I'm sure that God will make a way within everybody's heart. And show them personally why this is so important. So, and then we will get to more of that, Cass, in the uh, next uh, month's broadcast to understand <laughs> that you have to understand what you are mourning and that you should not be afraid of mourning it.
1: Yes, Yes, yeah. so we have to draw a close here, but uh, Honorina did a good job of uh, setting the stage for <laughs> next month as well, because we're entering some very, very important times, not only from a biblical past tense, but also into a biblical foretense, as in other words, things that are coming to pass right now. He has forewarned and given us instructions for from scripture of the past, and uh, Honorina is really good at shedding that light. Honorina Hyman Kreisman. Thank you for joining us on this special portion of Come Together San Diego called the Align with Zion Hour. We're out of time, but I'm going to be continuing on into another segment uh, right after this commercial break. So, on Arena, thank you so much. And I will be. Thank you, Kev. You're welcome. I'll be right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. More. Come Together San Diego is just moments away. PRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego. K Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world,
1: And my friends, welcome back to Come Together San Diego. Cass here now live and well. Thank you for listening to the pre-taped version called the Align with Zion Hour. I spoke with Honorina Hyman-Kreisman, her new last name. And this we, we've been doing this broadcast for Align with Zion for two years now on the last Saturday of the month. And she just opens the scriptures to us, the Tanakh, as she would say, or we would say the Old Testament. And she's an Orthodox Jew and she really helps us understand the depth of uh, God's Word in His Tanakh or what we would call the Old Testament. But we're going to continue that theme now in this hour live. I'm uh, going to be uh, speaking with somebody from Mobile, Alabama. And, uh, he's a man who teaches on the Hebrew letters, the Hebrew alphabet. And we're going to find out also why there is so much to be gleaned in scripture if we just know how and where to look. And under the tutelage of God's Holy Spirit, no telling what we're going to discover. I want to introduce to you my guest for this hour. He is a remarkable man. He is a man who is a teacher. And a minister, I just met him actually probably less than a month ago in San Diego. He's here visiting, sharing God's word. And he, he's, he's a man that really has a real comprehension for what God is doing in these last days. And you know how he gets there? By looking at the Hebrew alphabet. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Daniel Jedediah <laughs> Cook, a teacher of the living letters, the Hebrew alphabet and beyond. Yo, Daniel, how you doing?
0: Hey, Cass, how are you?
1: Yes, I'm doing fine. This is My my listening friend, we're getting a a, a two-hour Hebrew lesson here. First hour stirred you into some (laughs) of the depth of the Hebrew months that should open your eyes and make you realize that what happened back then is happening now, and we can learn our lessons. Oh, absolutely. And we can not only learn our lessons from the actual scriptures themselves, but the actual alphabet through which the scriptures are written. I'm going to hand the ball to you. Daniel Jedediah Cook, and to be able to give us a little quick bio of who you are, and then let us jump on in, shall we?
3: All right, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you very much, Kaz. And it was it was awesome getting to to meet you when we met you just uh, like you said a little less than a month ago. Yes. Uh, you know, there was an instant connection by the spirit, and uh, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that. Uh, it was like we knew we were family that we didn't know we had. Exactly. And uh, at least that was that's the way I felt, and I know you did too. You told me so. Yes.
1: And he, so he immediately said, uh, "You're I feel like you're my brother who owes <laughs> me money." And I of course I didn't know what to say. No. I, <laughs> Not true. Anyway, so you, you have such a heart for the Hebrews and the Jews. I, that was one of the things That's, that quickened us immediately. But when you started talking yes. about the Hebrew letters in the alphabet, how they're more than just, you know, like we read, read Greek words or Greek letters or the English words or so forth. They're, those letters have a very modest meaning. But the Hebrew letters tell a story. So why don't you set the stage for the rest of the uh, uh, segments here, because you have much to share. I want to give you free time to be able to do that, Daniel.
3: Well, I appreciate that. And and yes, yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, now, as far as uh, a int- quick introduction, as, as Kaz has already said, uh, my name is Daniel Jedediah Cook, and really... I wanna kinda of tie in a little bit with uh Anna Arena was talking about a little bit earlier and she kept talking about the two tribes and the ten tribes. Oh yes. And now then and and, and, and listening to that I took I took all kinds of notes listening to her <laughs> earlier because it stirred me considerably. But there was one part of that where she begins to talk about those 10 tribes that coming back in. And now I'd like to say that this was my revelation with regards to this, but it's not. So I want to give honor to the one who, who actually gave me this revelation, but it stirred me greatly. And Dr. Yana Sanders, and you may know her, Kaz, uh, is, is the one who actually gave me this revelation with regards to this. But because, see, through the tribe of Joseph, you remember that, that uh, Joseph had two uh, sons. Through the mm-hmm. Egyptian woman. Yes. And, from, and during that period of time, the, uh, the, the way that the, the Jews looked at, or the way that the, the people of Israel looked at, the, uh, the children, whether they were Jewish or not, were considered actually through the place of the mother. And so there was, uh, the, the boys were looked at as being Gentiles, if you will. But yet, when Israel sat down to lay his hands on them, he took his right hand and placed it on top of Ephraim, and he took his left hand and placed it on Manasseh. Now, Joseph immediately started to try to correct.
1: Right, because uh, they were. Just generally, you do it from the firstborn to the secondborn, and Joseph switched hands. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) exactly. Switched children.
3: But in that, he, he spoke to Ephraim and said that he was going to be a great nation. Now, so would Manasseh, yes. but that, that there was something very special that Ephraim had. Well, in that time, he adopted those two boys into, the, into Israel. They became a part of Israel. And so when, when Anna Reine was talking about this, I don't know if, any, if many of the listeners really know the fullness of, of this, but you see that, that through Ephraim, we are a part of those ten tribes that she was talking about. Oh, I love it. So the connection to us with, with, with Judah and Benjamin come through the fact that that Joseph, excuse me, Israel laid his hand on top of Joseph of, of on top of Ephraim's head and brought them into the family. So we <laughs> are a part of those ten tribes that are coming together to to be reunited with the people of Israel. Oh my, that's so, so good. So Gentiles, I mean, this is our place for us, and they're part of the reason why I believe that, that Yahweh has called me into, God has called me into this. I say called me into it. Truth be told, Kaz, I, I, I need to set this up a little bit different because that's not exactly the way. I, di- I wasn't looking for trying to find out about the Hebrew living letters. Not at all. Uh, It was out of a cry, a deep cry of saying, God, I want to know you. And matter of fact, I was in a place in my life where I had not gotten to the place where I thought I should be. And so I was in that, I guess, midlife crisis kind of thing and saying, you know, God, I I thought that I was going to be here and yet I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And so in this place, Yahweh began to speak to me. And he told me he told me one thing in this in this moment of desperation. He told me this one thing. Abraham, who beyond hope in hope believed, and I knew what he meant by that. He was telling me that his promises were still yes and amen, but it started to fire up inside of me. I'd been saved all my life, but it started to fire up inside of me that I began to just have a renewed look into the scriptures. One day I was uh, looking at one particular scripture in Isaiah 51, and it is Isaiah 51 talks about this place of Yahweh comforting Zion, and in that place, let me try to look this up real quickly. My apologies, I should have had this ready, but I'm kind of the one that uh, that I, I go by what I hear Holy Ghost saying. So, so I I just uh, I, I'm listening to this even right now, but. Isaiah 51 says this, Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, and you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the hold of the pit from which you were dug. In other words, look to where you've come from. If you will, Gentiles, let us look for the fact that we come from Ephraim, and that we're connected into these ten tribes. We're a part of these ten tribes that are being reconnected with our brother Judah. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For when he was but one, I called him, and I blessed him and made him many. And this is the part where Yahweh got me. For the Lord has comforted Zion. Oh, my. You know, the last hour was talking about the Align with Zion hour, right? Yes. For the Lord has comforted Zion. And that word comforted jumped out at me. And so I was like... Let me, go, let me go into Strong's, and let's take a look. I've, I've known Strong's and used it for years yes. in being able to dig stuff up.
1: We've got about a minute left in this was, segment, like, so uh, let's bring this, continue, but know that I'm going to have to cut you off in, a, in uh, just uh, about a minute.
3: I, can, I think I can wrap it up that quick, to okay. be honest with you. but <laughs> I, I can make it quick. But the, uh, the, the word that jumped out was the Hebrew word comforted, and the Hebrew word there is nachum. And Nahum is made up of Nun, Chet, and Mem, uh, Vav Mem final. I believe that's right. Let me double check myself. Or is it not a Nun, Chet, Mem final? Uh huh. And in that place, if you look at those by the letters, that's what he asked me to do. He said, "Look at those by the letters. Try to find out what those letters are talking about." Well, Nun means son, king, heir, and priest. Oh my! So he's talking about who I am. Chet. Is not only a a letter that means boundary or fence, it also means covenant, because it's a vav and a zayin that have been yoked together. If you will, it's the bride of Christ, the bride and the bridegroom that Anna Rena was talking about being being yoked together. And then uh, the mem final there talks about the place of... Of, of really the fullness of Yahweh's promises. In other words, the treasuries of heaven and the waters and the depth of his word being us swimming in the, in the, in the, the, the depth and the, the breadth of his word there. Oh my. And so that word, Nachum when he said he comforted Zion, he's saying, you are my sons, my kings, my heirs, and my priests. We have come into together, we've joined together so that we can let this Word that's in you, the Word that I'm giving you, and spread it out to all of creation.
1: Oh, my. My listening friend, I hope you're getting enticed by the words of Daniel, because he—he he, we're going to start digging more deeply in what he said, but he really set the stage here, and he gave me a revelation as well. I think you were reading from the book of Isaiah, were you not, just a moment ago?
3: Yes. Uh, o- okay, uh, we're, we're going to
1: talk a little bit about that when we come back, but also he's going to start to un. Uh, uncover the truths in the Hebrew alphabet, and you will be blown away, and you're going to want to dig more deeply
0: yourself when Daniel and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise, more Come Together San Diego. is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor.
1: And welcome back to Come Together San Diego. And uh, this hour, we are having a remarkable time with Daniel Jedediah Cook. He's my co-host for this entire hour. He deals with the living letters found in the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, Daniel, I, you've inspired me already. Can you believe that?
3: Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> let, let me That's tell what you. what I hope to do with all of us, you know, <laughs> me, because it has me. It's changed me.
1: Uh, it's changing me, too. I can tell you that, my friend. One of the things that uh, you mentioned when you were reading in the book of Isaiah, we're talking about how when when uh, Joseph was in Egypt and his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, were in the mix, and he blessed them, switching his hands and blessing Ephraim first and Manasseh second. And, and then you read a scripture in Isaiah which says something like, um, look to the whole, or look to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. And I mm-hmm. went back to yes. Joseph and where was he found? Of course, he was found in the pit and he was brought into mm-hmm. Egypt as a result of that. And I'm going, so That's that right. means that if we look to the pit from which we were dug, one analogy, you know, one of the things I'm discovering, Daniel, is there are so many layers of the Hebrew alphabet and uh-huh. the truths of God. You can say, well, the superficial layer says this, but if you dig more deeply and this is not a, a hole of the pit joke, This is seriously, if we dig more deeply, we can excavate some major truths. And the nuance here that I'm discovering is that looking to the pit, uh, the hole of the pit from which we were dug, that is a direct tie-in in in many ways to Joseph and his his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And and one of the things you you said encourages me beyond words, and that is we are... Could very easily be among the ten lost tribes coming back into uh, God's original plans as His beloved. You know, I, I I love that. I love that. Of course, God's beloveds expand uh, much more than His twelve tribes. The whole world. He's got the whole world. You know what I mean. <laughs> but but yes. the, but the point of the matter is uh, there. My listening friend, you were predestined for many wonderful things and if you dig into the hebrew alphabet you will find these things and uh, i want to hand it back to you because i know you want to talk a little bit about the natural versus the spiritual and the supernatural things that are tied to the hebrew alphabet as well so i'm going to kind of take my hands off lay it on you and then i'll only do color commentary (laughs) through this entire segment (laughs) he said with a smile you're good (laughs) <laughs> go ahead, yeah, you know, go ahead, Daniel.
3: Yeah, yeah. Kaz, as you well know, during the time that we had that, that a really good time to talk, you know, it was a lot of back and forth, and sure. that's probably the best way that I like to to be able to talk. Anyway, is is just having that dialogue back and forth. I love We're it. We're meant to to be together as one, and that each of us have a voice to to be able to to really to to show. In other words, uh, you know, we each have our own perspective. That Yahweh has made us to be, God has made us to be, and that perspective needs to be heard all the way around. Yes, but yeah, you're absolutely right with with Joseph, with uh, Ephraim, and Manasseh. I know that when uh, Dr. Yana had had. That revelation had been given to Darla Fields was actually the one that gave that revelation. And, and, uh, but when she did, there was something that rose up inside of me that said this. And I put it on all my podcasts. Um, and that's Ephraim has awakened. We know who we are. Mm. We are Israel. Oh, my. And you see, all throughout Scripture, you hear places where the goyim, or the Gentiles, you know, and they talks about the fullness of the Gentiles, and the coming together, of the, and the fullness of the time for the Gentiles. And part of what Israel is waiting on is waiting for us to wake up, Ooh. waiting for us to rise up and say, we know who we are, we will join together with you, and we will, we will move into this, this place that, uh, <laughs> that we are meant to move into I, together. I, I'm because, laughing
1: because Arena would be jumping up and down right now because she's been pressing that point as well <laughs> in our private discussions and uh, on the air as well. Oh, She'd wow. go, I'm so glad you're getting this. And you're, you're exactly right okay. on, Daniel. Uh, by the way, before yeah, we go any further, you. Daniel Cook, a website or information where people can find out more about the living letters and other aspects of your teaching?
3: Yes, sir. We're on. Uh, my, I've got a website called ZimZoom Life. Now I'll have to spell that because <laughs> it is using some of the Hebrew letters in that's been translated into the or transliterated into the English. But it's T Z or Z if you're from Europe. Uh, T Z I M T Z U M dot L I F E. So T Z I
1: M T Z U M dot Life.
3: So dot life. And, uh, that's, that's right. Very dot good. Life. That's correct. So let's jump on into and, this and stuff, there, Daniel. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, now. With, uh, with the, the whole perspective there that we were talking about, particularly in dealing with jo- Joseph and the place of Ephraim and who we are, you know, the next question we had uh, talked about discussing was that about about being spiritual beings yes. and so on. And, you know, we talked about, you know, I want, I want to kind of try to tie together this whole part really with uh, Joseph himself, because think about what was going on with Joseph, that he had been really rejected by his brothers, you know because of the of the things that he had uh, been been told that Yahweh had told him and and so but yet there were those that came alongside and took him off into slavery and went over to Potiphar and the whole whole idea behind Egypt but yet Yahweh was with him that entire time and it was something that, that Honorina said earlier where she talked about finding the uh and extracting the precious mm. out of the mundane oh yes you know out of the mundane and we, and we yeah. think of Exactly, and we think about the trials that Joseph had during these times as as he walks through this. But there was there was the one thing that he did know he had, and that that, that is that Yahweh gave him and God gave him the place of being able to interpret dreams. Yes, you think about the uh, cup holder and the uh, the baker inside of the prison, and when he had uh, when he had you know both. Uh, I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> Ooh,
1: I know, talking to
3: me. I bet it's just noticed, talking guys. to me. Not, not the fact that there's
1: hundreds of thousands, maybe millions and billions listening to this broadcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. Okay, thanks a lot now. That, that, that actually helped calm me down a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't normally stumble quite so much, but the fact is is that, that he knew he... Yahweh had given him. God had given him a place and something to do. And of course, we know the rest of the story and all of that. Now, how does that tie in with the fact of, of what they of what the angels really are talking about here? Now, I do believe in the angelic. I do believe in living beings. Yes. I do believe that, that that there is a great cloud of witnesses and the the men in white linen and so on. But I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people take a look at the living letters, and some people say that they that they see they see the letter itself to them in, uh, in an angelic type of form. And I believe that. But I'll be honest with you, Kaz, I personally have not seen that. I personally have not. To me, they have been this place where they have, they have been speaking to me in just the time that I have with God himself. With, with Yahweh. I call him Yahweh, and I hope that's okay sure. in, uh, to your, your listening audience sure. there. But I call him Yahweh, and, and, and that time that I have with him is... is he begins to show me these living letters in such a beautiful way. My wife sees the living letters dance and the colors that are, that are and, it's, and it's absolutely beautiful. And I believe there's an expression that Yahweh gives to each one of us in this place. And so, but for me, the place where I really began to, to realize that they were living beings, at least to me, was this place that I began to see them not only in just the Scripture, I began to see them in my life. Let me let me, words, let me let me just back that, up just
1: for one second because there are a lot of different people of a lot of different uh, levels of familiarity with what you're talking about. Let me just set the the, okay. the the base ground here. When you're talking about uh living letters literally you're talking about the Hebrew whats that, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet?
3: That's correct.
1: And each one of them is a is a, a storybook in and of itself and you're saying as you study them you, they come to life. So I I just want to hand it back to you but a lot, uh, there were some uh, Connections that need to be made there, so our listeners can comprehend Perfect. what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. We've got about gotcha. uh, about and, two uh, minutes left in this segment, and then we're going to come back. Oh, wow. and, spend, and It happens fast. I'm telling, Dan, telling it you, telling Dan, Dan. you, so. <laughs> go ahead, and then I will cut you off where necessary, and we will pick it back up on the other end of the commercial break.
3: Perfect. That's fine. That's fine. But yes, they they to me they began to show to show themselves in in many different ways through my life. I I would go into a situation. And and it and it was it was at the and when I first began digging into the living letters, it was about studying, but that's not true anymore. They began to reveal themselves in a greater, deeper way because Yahweh Himself, literally, one day told me, He says, "I want you to forget about everything that anybody has ever told you about me. I want you to forget religion. I want you to forget and lay aside all of those things that you thought you knew." He said, because I want to teach you. Mm. I want to show you. And as he did, he started, I started to look into the living letters for me to be able to see God, to be able to see Yahweh. But what I noticed was every time that I dug deeper to find him, he would turn around, look back at me and said, oh, but Daniel, this is you. <laughs> this is talking about you. Oh, yes. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So then I would get in situations where I would talk with people And suddenly, oh, well, this sounds like Resh. This sounds like Zadi. This sounds like uh, Bait. And he's you know, talking about the different the
1: Hebrew alphabet uh, yeah. letters as well here, my friends. I'm going I'm to cut to a commercial break in just a moment. But my listening friend, do you understand what's going on here? And uh, by the way, Daniel, you've written a book about these living letters. How can people yeah. find out more about the book? And then we're going to go into a commercial break and come back and talk more deeply about this surface that you have scratched. And you've caused my, you know, okay. you, you, you've <laughs> caused me to... Uh, to want to find out more. So quickly about your book, and then we will go to Commercial Bank and come back with more depth.
3: Yes, so, sir. So well, your I'm only, I'm your, one book, of a, your book. I'm a, I'm a co-author of a book called The Friends of Eber, E-B-E-R. And uh, literally, Eber was one of the one of the ones that were around during the time of the Tower of Babel. But Eber was the one who said, "I refuse to touch the building of the Tower of Babel." And they sent him to what's known as the region beyond. Oh His my. name means region beyond, and it's the same root word for the word for Hebrew. Oh Eber is where Hebrew Eber. or Ivri comes it. from. It's called yeah. It's called Friends of Eber. I'm one of five of co-authors that that wrote that together, and we can find it at. at uh,
1: Uh, Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Once again, the
3: name of the book. Friends of Eber.
1: Okay, my listening friend, I, I I hate to harass. Uh, Daniel, Jedediah, Cook. I really don't hate it because it, that's what that's what brothers do—they tease one another. But we're running low on on this segment. But we're going to come back for the remainder of the hour and talk more deeply about the Hebrew alphabet. But you're going to realize as we dig more deeply, it's not only a beautiful set of storybooks, but it also is um, a history book. It's also a periodical of what's going on today as well. And we're going to find nuances about directives where we need to go and how we need to act. To Joel
3: Lieberman from Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation. Lord, we just do lift up the entire region of San Diego from Vista to Chula Vista. Lord, it says in the Psalms, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. We pray a spirit of unity
0: over our city. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew. Amen. Come together, San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K Praise.
1: And I'm back with co-host Daniel Jedediah Cook. And we're talking about the living letters found in the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, Daniel, uh, I- I'm going to hand the ball early over to you because uh, we I want to conserve the time and I want people to hear what you have to say rather than what I have to say. And one of the things that is very uh, revelatory to me is the understanding of the hebrew alphabet we know that will help us because they're storybooks each one of them and when you put them together you know the the the, collectively they equal more than the sum total of them individually and so when we put them together we can really have a better understanding of god his character and his directive to us but as we put them together we can also comprehend better the present and even the future And we want to know what God has planned for us, not only for the now, but into the future. I'm going to hand it over to you. And uh, now I stirred up a lot of different things. Uh, How are you going to solve that, (laughs) Daniel? What I I handed to you.
3: (laughs) <laughs> I I have got a good idea. I do want to wrap up that last little bit there when I was okay. talking about Joseph and and how they tied together. And the truth is is that as as uh Joseph and his brothers came together when during that that time of the 7 years of the of the of the uh, the need the fa- the famine that was currently going on in the land that it, they he began to arc with uh his brothers because the really the word of Yahweh in both of them were beginning to cry out back and forth. But and 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 it brought the family back together in Ooh. that place. And of course, Ephraim and Manasseh, being a part of that, is the children of Joseph. But you know, I I've been sitting here meditating and asking Yahweh, what how do I how do I make this so it's a little bit easier understood, where we can look at some of the living letters and see things from a different perspective. Sure. And Yahweh Yahweh reminded me of a couple of the letters that I he showed me quite some time ago, but it, is, it had made a profound Change and a profound way of of looking at things in my life. And it came one day while I was at church, and uh, at our on our church we've got the living letters or the the Hebrew aliphate across the uh, the one of the walls there in a way of honoring them. And I was looking at the the living letter mem or the Hebrew aliphate mem. Mem is a, a letter that that means water. Uh, and it means really like the, the, the fullness of the treasuries of heaven, if you will. And it, there's a lot more, lot more that goes to it with this. I'm trying to give the very basic names yes. of this. But one day while I was looking at the Mem, I began to, th- to think about the letter that's right next to the Mem. And that's the living letter Nun. I mentioned Nun just a little bit ago because it talks about being a son, a king, an heir, and a priest. But see, Nun also has a meaning to it that means fish. Oh, my and and i was i was sitting here thinking about it and I, and it, it finally hit me i don't know why it didn't hit me before mem water nun fish oh wait a minute So, where does you know when when a fish is in water, he's home. Uh Everything that that fish needs is found inside of the water. Its breath is found inside of the water. Its food, its shelter, everything, its ability to be able to go from one place to another, its ability to dive into the deeps and to swim up in the shallows, are all found inside of the water. Matter of fact, to a fish, does he really know he's in the water? You heard, the, I heard that old, that old uh, philosophical question, you know, when it comes to that. But, you know, I, I, it started to make sense, especially when Yahweh brought up the Scripture to me. In him I live and move and have my being. Yes. And I was like, okay, now wait a minute. Now that, that, that actual, those two letters make a lot more sense to me. And because because I began to see this place that that in the fullness of where I live and move and have my being, that Nem was Yahweh himself. He was saying, I am the water. Ooh. My word is my water. And I am that water. And you swim inside of me. In him, I live and move and Ooh, have my being. Oh, that is so great. it's yes, yes, yes. I, I started thinking about it because I knew there was another Hebrew word that connected or a Hebrew, another Hebrew letter that connected in with that and uh Yahweh took me to aleph. Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And one of its many many meanings is is the fact that it means strong leader, it's a ox, it's the burden bearer. But what Yahweh showed me was that there's a depth to to aleph because to me from aleph all the other living letters uh speak of aleph's because aleph really represents Yahweh himself. Mm. And so as I began to look at that, I began to meditate on the fact that, that really Aleph shows us the promises that Yahweh has given us, and they're the fullness of the promises. Because believe it or not, there's actually the bait, which is the next living letter, alphabet, where we get our alphabet. Mm-hmm. It's the next living letter, and it's hidden inside of Aleph. And there's a very specific way that when you look at it, you can see the bait hidden inside of it. And then I remembered the scripture that Yeshua said to us. That I must go to my father's house, uh, because in my father's house, there are many mansions, there are many rooms. And if it were not true, I would have told you so. But I'm going to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And so Aleph began to show me this place of of not only the connection of, of, of looking into the face of Yahweh, but Yeshua and how he... He died on the cross because the, the, the center part of, of the left is a vav that has been laid over. A vav is the sixth letter that means many different things. means a tent peg mm-hmm. and like a connector a stake mm-hmm. like, and a heaven and earth connection. Yes. That's correct. And there's two yuds on either side. Or Yuds are the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the tenth one. And they literally talk about the place of creation. And many other things, but I'm trying to cut this a little short.: Well, we have to, unfortunately,
1: the, you've got one more minute left in this segment. so oh wow, just warning you. So yeah, I'm telling you I, okay. t- when I talked to you on the phone, this hour will go like lightning.
3: so it, it is. it is. All right, well, I'll wrap this up real quick in, in the midst of all of this because when you take those three living letters and put them together,, Aleph, Mem, nun, mm-hmm. I begin to see I begin to hear a word that we have spoken for years and for generations. Amen. Oh, it's. the Yeah. So now take it based on what I just got done telling you. The fact that that in this place of the fullness of God's promises inside of us, he places in this place of, of the water of him, where in him I live and move and have my being. Everything that I need is inside of there. But he has also made me to be a son, a king, an heir and a priest. Well, there are some letters that have a final or a sophite. Uh, they're they're another variation of the same letter that take the the meaning of that letter and multiply it out to its greatest expanse, and so in the the Hebrew word amen, then that nun there's a nun final there a nun sofit. and there's only one definition that Yahweh's all, ever given me about nun sofit, and that is till we all come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Oh my. my so my. now let's take. This together, and when we come, you know, if you, if if uh, the time is running out here, let me wrap this up when we come back, if that's okay. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. I, I want to. I really want to make a point uh, yes. of this one because to me, it just it changed my life completely. My
1: my 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 listening friend, I hope you're being uh, in, enthralled by the depth of the Hebrew alphabet, uh, and as as uh, Daniel Jedediah Cook says, the Aleph bait. And when you understand that God has given these as love letters to us to comprehend not only his character, but the character of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and also of our past, present, and future, it changes the whole dynamic of things. And Daniel is going to pay this off in the last segment when we come right back.
0: More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. And welcome back, my friends. This hour goes
1: very, very quickly, as uh, my co-host Daniel Jedediah Cook is beginning to realize. And so, I'm uh, yes, gonna, I want to hand the ball over to you quickly because we'll have maybe ten minutes to conclude this, and I want to make sure that you have the time to do that. My listening friend, we're discussing the the Hebrew alphabet, bet, or as we bait as we as we say alphabet. And and, and Daniel had made the point about how the, all these different uh, uh, characters in in God's uh, Letters are more than just symbols like we would see in other languages. They are actually storybooks about the characters, the character and the dimension of God, but also they reveal truths of the past, present, and future all within those 22 letters when they're combined together in certain ways. And, and Daniel was talking about the, the term hallelujah and some of the revelations tied therein. I'm going to hand it over to you. You've got about uh, 10 minutes to conclude. Okay. Sorry about that, my friend, but time goes swiftly.
3: It does. It does, and um, and uh, I appreciate that because I do want to kind of wrap up this this uh, this what I was talking about about amen because it's it's a word that, like I said, we've, we've used over and over and over again. And amen, talking about, of course, we know the the meaning of that being so be it. It is done. It is finished and you know again when yahweh was showing me this this aleph mem nun and how they work together particularly as it connected in with nun final or nun sofit which again is one of the 22 but it's a slightly different shape and there's five additional letters in the hebrew alphabet that that have a second sofit or fi- final form they're only found at the end of a word mm-hmm. and it in the case of nun it actually takes the nun, the son, the king, the heir, and the priest, and it, it multiplies it. One of the meanings of nun final means multiplication, and one of the meanings of nun means multiplication. And so, you know, when, when I began to think about this, I began to think about this place of saying, well, amen, Yahweh, it's done, so be it, it's completed. But one day, Yahweh asked me, he said, well, what is the Hebrew word for faith? As, no, I, did I
1: you say know.
3: faith or face? F A I T H. F A I T H. Okay. Faith. Lay it on us. Faith. And I said, so, so what he asked me that, he said, what is the Hebrew word for faith? So I went and looked it up and immediately just fell on the floor because the first part of that Hebrew word for faith was spelled Aleph Mem Vav Nun Hey, And I was like... Oh my Lord, Aleph Mem Vav Nun Hey. Aleph Mem and Nun were the Hebrew word for Amen. Oh my. And Emunah, which is the Hebrew word for faith, had Aleph Mem and Nun inside of it. And so wow. suddenly I began to look at this place of, now wait a minute, okay, so what you're saying is that in the, in the place of faith, I'm looking at something and saying, it is completed, it is done. And Yahweh began to take me through this path as he began to show me the treasuries of heaven. And I walked into this room, this black room, it was a vision, if you will, and, and there was four walls and a door behind me. And I'm going to cut to the story very quickly, but he asked me to walk outside the door. And when I did, I looked and so, to as far as the eye could see everything that Yahweh had ever promised me and things that I didn't even know about were, were spread out around me. So there was was some of it money. Yes. Was some of it other things? Was some of it promises that, that had to do with with promises that he had spoken to me? Yes. All of that was found in this this great, great big, huge vault of the treasuries of heaven my and and I, but I looked at it, and uh, I was like, Oh my, yeah, exactly, my yeah, what it, what is this you're showing me, and he always says, I want you to go back to that door, and I want you to shut the door because there's a there's a sign on the back of the door that I want you to read, so I went back and I shut the door in that was in the center of this this vault of heaven, and sure enough, on the back, it had my name, Daniel jedediah Cook, wow, vault manager <laughs> vault manager, and I was like. Oh, my word. So what you're saying to me, Yahweh, is that even in this place where I didn't know there was anything there, and I was looking at black, blank walls, that I have been in the midst of the treasuries of heaven all this time, but when you asked me to step outside and I began to see that you were really revealing to me that I had been the vault manager the entire time, is that what you're saying to me? And the moment that I did, I instantly, there were two things that came on my spirit, and they were protocol that had to do with being able to withdraw from the treasuries of heaven. And those two, pe- those two protocols were, one, I had to ask permission. Yahweh, do I have permission to be able to withdraw from the treasuries of heaven? And the second thing was that I had to have choice. I needed to choose what, I need, what, what needed to be done with that through listening to what Yahweh had instructed me to do. But many times he would say, I want to see your expression in this. So I I had to make a choice, and then it reminded me of the the parable of the talents, because the one who had two took and did something with it. He had permission from the master to do something with it, and brought him back two more. The one who had five did the same thing. He made a choice to do something with it, but so did the last one. The last one who had one also made a choice, but he buried it. He did nothing with it. You see where I'm going with this? I do. And so, so suddenly I began to see this place of emunah. So I, I began to ask Galway, I said, so really what you're saying to me, God, is that it is in the midst of this place of faith. Everything is already done. It is already completed. You've already given me all of this here. And all I need to do is ask permission and be able to uh, make the choice to be able to use it. And then he said, yes. That's exactly what he said. And so I, I was like, wow, this, this changes everything, because now when I look at faith, I look at this place of saying, I don't have to gain more faith. I used to think about the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and how that little tiny mustard seed, I needed to obviously have more of them, because it, it surely wasn't enough oh my. <laughs> until, Yahweh sh- until Yahweh started showing me the 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is Yud. And that one little tiny dot was the spark of light that he withdrew from his heart and Yahweh's heart out of the intent of his heart, and he placed it into creation, by the power of his word and the wind of his breath, he spoke that into creation. And that little tiny dot, science says it was negative 10 to the 23rd power, just to bring in the science aspect, that it was – and it exploded into everything that we see in the cosmos right now. Hmm. Suddenly, now even the mustard seed began – yeah, so – I've been crying out about having more mustard seeds, but God, you're telling me right here in this little tiny mustard seed, it contains all Everything. that there is. Oh my! I'll my. never look at them. Yeah, are you seeing this? Oh yes, yes, and yes. And so, so I, I began to say, "Okay, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about the things because I know that Yahweh's made me a, a a vault manager in the treasuries of heaven. <laughs> all I, I need this. is His permission and the choice." And and the, and really the question, when the permission part is, Yahweh, is it time now? Is now the time that I withdraw from this to be able to use it? Because there's a timing aspect to this. Go ahead, Cass.
1: No, I was just <clears> – <throat> I'm just trying to bring it to a point where we can uh, – uh- close the show and you you just opened up a you know you opened up a fire hydrant here but i I want i want you to spend 30 seconds and you can do 30 seconds i want you to take 30 seconds and i want you to encourage our listeners to everything that they heard here and i want you to draw a conclusion of this uh before you do give me the website one more time or or a, a, a location where people can find out more about you and what's going on just quickly
3: yeah, we're uh, zimzoom.life, T-Z-I-M-T-Z-U-M dot L-I-F-E, and we're also found on Facebook. Uh, we're under the group page called Daily Hebrew Declarations, where my wife writes out some declarations based on the Hebrew aliphate, yes. and I do a podcast that goes along with that. And so it's Daniel Jedediah
1: Cook. You can put Daniel Jedediah Cook yes. and find out things as well. Okay, now give me 30 seconds nah, sorry to put you on this, but give me 30 seconds of <laughs> uh, uh, encouragement to our listening friends, because you have opened up the floodgates, Um, And I want you to encourage these people because right in their own possession, right in their own scriptures, they have all these Hebrew letters. Dig into your concordance. Dig into other books that are tied to the Hebrew letters, tied to the Tanakh or the Old Testament. You will be amazed. Daniel, encourage my listening friends.
3: Yes, I will. I mean, look at what we 've just gotten done talking about about yes. words that we have known from 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 children. you know many of us have grown up in church, and especially with amen and faith and the way that they tied together, they are tied together in the place of who Yahweh has made us to be yes. the place where God has placed us and you see each one of us as we begin to operate from this place of knowing that all things are been, have been taken care of. Yahweh has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, mm-hmm. and this is is the place where He has sat us. I, I don't have to fret or worry about tomorrow, neither do you. Oh, my. And understanding the fullness of the depth of this, that you are a son whom Yahweh has made to be in the fullness of the measure <laughs> of the stature of Christ. Oh this my. is you already. Oh, my. Live and walk and be in that place. Oh, my, my. Daniel
1: Jedediah Cook, thank you for joining me. And we need to come together again, and we need to spend an entire two-hour yep. show doing this thing. But I hope, my listening friend, your appetite has been wet. And just understand that God's Word is for you yesterday, today, and even to forever. And I'm going to give you a scripture in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 20, as we close the show. Daniel, what a joy to have you with us as you have thank excavated you just a tiny bit of the Hebrew Alif Beit, and uh, we'll talk more about it. But let me give you a scripture that ties in with everything that Daniel had to share with us today, and that is... For all the promises of God in him are, listen to this, yea and (laughs) amen unto the glory of God by us. So anything that God has given you in his promises of scripture, it's already yes and amen. It already, to him, is done deal. So Daniel, thank you for joining us on Come Together San Diego. My listening friend, we'll bring Daniel back (laughs) and he'll uh, open the floodgates again and we'll take a little bit more time on this. My listening friend, more next week on wonderful things, because that is the... Um, fourth of July, um, uh, uh, weekend, and I've got special plans for you. So check in with us next week as well. Daniel, good to have you. Daniel Jedediah Cook and Kaz. So we say, you, we say to you, my listening friend, God bless you and see you later.